Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed for our podcast listeners, and it's focused on getting us into God's Word for about a 12-minute Bible study, 12 minutes or so each day, to get us to thinking about our spiritual lives, our souls, our relationship with God, our spiritual well-being, to help us stay focused on God's Word. Now, we encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. In so doing, you can help other people who need to change their lives, who need to start thinking about their spiritual well-being and their relationship with God. We're talking about, ultimately, the difference between eternal life or eternal condemnation. Probably every one of you, including myself, knows of people who need to get into God's Word, who need these studies, who need to turn their lives around. By sharing these short Today's Bible class studies, you can help do that for some people, perhaps. God's Word is powerful, powerful to change lives. So share with everybody you can, your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody. You can share through Facebook friends. You can share these studies through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. So take that step help somebody share these messages. We're going to finish up our study today on baptism. We began by focusing on what the Apostle Paul laid out for us in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. He laid out the two opposite spectrums of eternity. Exact opposites. He said the wages of sin is death. Now he's ultimately talking about spiritual death, and eventually eternal death in hell. Eternal condemnation, eternally separated from God and his glory. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9. The other end of the spectrum, eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no question which one we want. There's no competition between the two. It's a hands-down no-brainer. We want to be with God in heaven for all of eternity. We want eternal life. Now, how do we come to that? Well, the wages of sin is death, so we have to get rid of the guilt of our sins. How does that happen? We've looked at in detail at what the scriptures teach and how to be forgiven. Jesus paid the price through his death on the cross, through the shedding of his blood. His blood cleanses us of the guilt of our sins as we come to him in repentance of our sins, confession of our faith in him as God's Son and our Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins personally, and we are reborn spiritually. The Lord sent Ananias, a Christian, to teach Saul of Tarsus, an enemy of the church, the gospel of Christ. Ananias asked Saul, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Baptism, through baptism, his sins were washed away. 
Now, what is the mode of baptism? We need to understand. It's not sprinkling some water on somebody. It's not pouring some water over their head. It's not rubbing some water on their foreheads with your fingertip. It's not dipping the, the face, their faces in some kind of pool of water. It is immersion. That is exactly what the Greek words mean in the Greek, and the New Testament was written in the Greek. Baptizo, baptizma. Immerse, plunge, submerge, dip, bury. It's in water. Much water, because it needs to be enough water to completely immerse a person in, the one being baptized. And it is the likeness of a rebirth. John chapter 3 and verse 5, must be born of water and of the Spirit. It's a burial in that water, Romans 6 and verse 4. And it's also a resurrection, Colossians 2 and verse 12, unto a new life, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. The purpose in the scriptures, it's for salvation, Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. It puts a person into the kingdom of God, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. It brings us to the point of contacting the cleansing power of the blood of Christ shed on that cross on our behalf. So it's for the remission of our sins, Acts 2 and verse 38. For our spiritual cleansing, Acts 22 and verse 16. It is through that, it is at that point when we're baptized into Christ that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And it rejoice, it, it results in rejoicing, Acts chapter 8 verses 38 and 39. It obeys the commandment of our Lord himself in Acts chapter 10 and verse 48, going all the way back to Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, and also Mark 16 verses 15 and 16, when he commanded the apostles to teach the gospel and baptize those who would be ready to obey the gospel. It washes away our sins. Again, Acts 22 and verse 16. And it is at that point and through that act of obedience that we come into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3 and Galatians 3 and verse 27. Now, obviously babies cannot believe so that they can then respond in obedience. Those are concepts that are completely foreign to them, that they are not mentally capable yet of understanding, much less putting into practice. So we're not talking about babies being baptized. Babies are innocent. Jesus talked about their innocence in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3 and chapter 19 and verse 14. The prophet Ezekiel talked about how nobody pays the price for the guilt of their forefathers being counted guilty themselves because of the sins of their forefathers in Ezekiel chapter 18 and, and verse 4. So we don't have the sins of our forefathers carrying, being carried around on our shoulders. They pay the price for their own sins and we respond to our need for forgiveness of our own sins. So we're not talking about babies. Babies cannot understand the concept of sin. So they're innocent. They're guiltless. They're safe. When a person comes to the point 
of what we call accountability, the age of accountability, where they can understand the difference between right and wrong, between goodness and evil, when they can understand the concept of sin, and that usually is somewhere around the age of puberty, then they are accountable and they need to come to God through Jesus Christ in the act of baptism for the remission of their sins because they need to be forgiven. The pursuit of truth must be done on a personal level. We need to open up our hearts, our minds, our understandings to simply what the scriptures teach, not what somebody else tells us. We've looked at what the scriptures say on this pivotal subject, this pivotal Christian doctrine through this particular study. What the scriptures say not what mom and daddy says, not what some friend says or work associate says, not something that we've read, not what some preacher says. We've looked at what the Bible says, and that's God's word. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Luke 6 and verse 46. Would it be safe for anyone to omit being baptized from their life? Paul wrote, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Colossians 3 and verse 17. Jesus commanded baptism. Matthew 19, uh, Matthew 28 and verse 19. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. It's not safe to omit obeying commandments from our Lord pertaining to our salvation. And baptism pertains to our salvation. We need to simply submit our will to God's will. Pursuit of the truth needs to be done on a personal level. We need to look at what the scriptures say, and we've done that. We are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2 and verse 12. We've got to go to God's word, study it, understand it, and then make the accurate and proper and obedient applications to our lives. God's word tells us that we need to be baptized for the remission of our sins, Acts 2.38. To have our sins washed away, Acts 22 and verse 16. In order to be reborn spiritually, John 3 verses 3 through 5. And we'll be judged by whether or not we follow God's teachings, John 12 and verse 48. Now, we can listen to what other people say about baptism, but ultimately we'll have to stand before the judgment seat of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who commanded that we be baptized. We'll have to stand before him ourselves on the final day of judgment, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, and give account of the things done in our body, in our life, whether good or bad, whether righteous or unrighteous, whether faithful or unfaithful, whether obedient or disobedient. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. How will you respond to this pivotal teaching of Christianity about your obedience to your Lord and Savior by surrendering to him in baptism 
at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. Did he die for you in vain? Let's pray. Father, help us to open our hearts to surrender our lives to you through Jesus Christ, through obedience as we're baptized for the remission of our sins, and begin to walk that new life in him, forgiven, redeemed, reborn, saved. Thank you for making the way. Thank you for loving us so much to send your son to that cross. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and your grace. Praise and glory and honor be to you. Guide us to come to you. We pray, guide us, please, to forgiveness. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.